This episode of the Let's Talk Data podcast series, get the most from your S4 HANA implementation with high-quality data, features SAP's directors of go-to-market and strategy for enterprise information management, David Quirk and Paul Madai. Hosted by SAP's Ginger Gatling, recorded live on May 1st, 2018. Welcome to our Let's Talk Data podcast series. This series is brought to you by SAP experts discussing current topics around data and data management. My name is Ginger, and I'll be your host for this series. Today's topic is get the most from your S4 HANA implementation with high quality data. Joining me today are two experts on all things data, all things data quality, all things information governance, any topic around managing and governing your data. Both have been around SAP for a while, and if we added up how long the three of us have been around SAP, it would be a really, really long time. So first, we have with us Paul Madai. He's an expert on all things data, data quality, governance. He has deep domain expertise at SAP. So Paul, welcome, and I'm glad you're here today. Thank you, Ginger. Also joining us is David Quirk. David has extremely deep domain expertise as well with a strong focus on governance. So David, I'm super happy you're able to join us. Glad to be here and I'm happy to share our thoughts. Great. So with the two of you brain guys on the call today, I know we're going to have some interesting discussion. So our topic today is about data, about S4 and SAP HANA. So seems to me like HANA is a good place to start. So, Paul, what makes HANA unique, especially in regards to data quality? What makes HANA unique with data quality, and why are we talking about the two together here on the podcast? Well, uh, great question, Ginger. Let's start by just talking about HANA. Um, I think probably the people listening to this podcast know that HANA is an in-memory database that is blazingly fast. But, you know, it's not just about speed. There are lots of ways to make traditional databases fast. You can use memory caching, indexes, aggregation. But if you think about it, all of those methods add complexity. HANA, however, is not only fast, but it's simple. It's, uh, for instance, a data object that might, in a traditional database, require 10 tables, requires only two tables in SAP HANA. So you don't need any indexes or aggregates to deliver fast access to that data. Now, this allows for, among other things, a single copy of your data to be used for both transactional and analytic use cases. Um, in fact, actually, HANA created a whole new market category, translytical databases. And um, even the analyst firm Forrester recognizes this, and, and they now produce one of their well-known Forrester waves specifically about translytical databases. And of course, SAP is the leader in the Forrester wave for translytical databases. Um, so I think that's the first thing that makes HANA unique. But um, David, are there things that make HANA unique with respect to data quality, data management? Most certainly. Uh, the thing about HANA is that it's more than just a database. It's, it's an application platform, including a lot of features that are 
uh, unique to such a platform and built right into the, the framework of HANA itself. So data ingestion, data improvement capabilities. We'll talk a lot about those in reference to this call as well. A lot of our data quality, uh, data integration features from uh, where the customers would come to expect existing in our products uh, being increasingly uh, built directly into the HANA framework. As well as that native HANA features to support other uh, business use cases. Um, yeah, predictive analytics, uh, text text analytics, spatial capabilities, and so forth. So what what this allows is, as, as I said, it's more than just a database. It's a platform for building both SAP applications and custom applications on top. And in fact, that's what SAP has been doing and continues to do. So let's think about what we've done with ERP for a second. And I'm going to use a, an analogy of... Um, David, let me just... Um uh, let me just jump in there. I just want to say a little bit more about that because you really raised something interesting there. You know, you talk about, for instance, the ability to ingest and um, improve data, uh, those capabilities built into the platform. But what's really interesting here is we're not talking about some scripting tool um, or some, you know, simple capability. We're really talking about fully featured enterprise information management tooling, uh, like smart data integration, smart data quality, and um, enterprise semantic services within the platform. So that we can actually do, we have really a, a fully featured um, tool that lets you do data federation or virtualization, bulk batch data loading, data replication, data cleansing, and that also serve as a foundation for other applications that um, can leverage those capabilities. We'll talk about some of those other applications later, like master data governance or um, uh, SAP Agile data preparation, yes? Uh, absolutely, and in the case of uh, master data governance or MDG, uh, that'll be discussed in the context of, of, from an architectural perspective, it being a completely baked in part of SAP's ERP and S4HANA offerings. And Talking about S4HANA, um, I was, was headed into a, describing an analogy about trying to improve your transportation. Do you want to have a faster horse or do you want to have a car? And if you think about the evolution of SAP's space across ERP, ERP obviously existing as its ECC classic format, then being able to run that ERP application on a HANA database, as a, as a, on a HANA application, that, that starts to be, to my mind, building your faster horse. But then what SAP's done is taken it to the next level, um, completely reimagined ERP, designed specifically to run on the HANA platform, which is SAP S4 HANA, which is something completely different, like I say, that analogy of building a car rather than just trying to build a faster horse really kind of uh, crystallizes why SAP did this and why it was necessary, not just an efficiency step, but uh, a reimagination of the way that companies will be able to do business to simplify uh, their, their uh, infrastructure and really uh, uh, arm them to move into a digital age. Yeah, yeah, I like to I like to call S4 HANA a postmodern ERP um, because it really is a, a different kettle of fish than what we've seen before. So we have a digital core that has that basic back office functionality, but made more efficient. Um, and and those are areas of the business where you can't really. Uh, innovate your way to success. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to keep your books 
any better than somebody else. That's not going to make you successful in the world. But we take that digital core and we surround it with specific line of business applications, for instance, for HCM, for sales and marketing, for procurement and uh, uh, spend management. So we have uh, uh, a core surrounded by what could be considered sort of best of breed, if you will, applications that extend that. That allows uh, first of all, it allows innovation by SAP in these uh, differentiated processes without the need to upgrade a central monolithic ERP instance. And it also allows us uh, or it allows our customers to leverage SAP cloud platform to innovate their business at the edges by building custom applications that leverage HANA, the cloud, and extend the functionality that SAP provides. Right, and if you think about it, ERP is no different from any other kind of technology. Think about the exponential leaps in, in power, in simplification, in uh, expectations from the, the customer base as to how our enterprise applications and all computer software needs to run, uh, needs to be mobile, needs to be agile, needs to be simple. And so to, to, to think that you can continue with your um, you know, monolithic ERP application that has been serving you quite well over a long period of time. You've, you've received your uh, ROI from that investment, but trying to think about where technology is headed, the types of, of challenges that your business will need to uh, address and adapt to in the digital age, uh, all of our customers realize that the time to modernize that uh, is, is now. Um, if you're still running on an old-fashioned ERP-style application, then you're getting left behind. Your your customers aren't receiving the, the level of attention that, that you would need. Your employees aren't, quite frankly, going to be as happy utilizing that. They're not going to have the same uh, modern access, mobile access, simplification with you know, user interfaces and just a, a different way of doing business that uh, is becoming more and more standard in today's age. So it's, it's really the time, the time today uh, in terms of uh, technology, current business climate, and also to... Uh, make sure that your company is aligned with those strategic directions of uh, digitization of business and current modern trends in the world. Uh, it's absolutely the time to make these investments in this core technology. Yeah, I think I think you make a good point there. You know, a lot of our customers implemented, you know, in the 90s or the aughts. They've been on the solution for 10, 15, 20, 25 years now. And then, and as you say, they've pretty much wrung all of the ROI they're going to get out of those solutions. So they recognize it's time to become more more agile to make that investment in new technology. And I think I think we're, we're you know in terms of that technology, the current business climate, and of the strategic imperative that customers have to go digital. Uh, I, I think they recognize that it's time to make the move to S4, or it's at least time to plan the move to S4. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, Paul. Yeah. You know, and, and if we think about those customers that did implement back in, in say, the 90s, maybe because uh, they were, you know, planning for Y2K or in the aughts, if we think about how those old implementations were conducted, really, uh, you know, the thinking at the time was, hey, let's just dump all of our data into SAP and we'll sort it out later. And I think that was especially, maybe not exclusively, but especially true of those customers who were implementing ahead of Y2K. Uh, the problem with that approach, as we've learned now, is that later never comes, uh, you know, 
Companies have just learned to live with the data problems that they built into their system when they did their original impl implementation and that they've carried with them through all of the upgrades and changes they've made since then. But, you know, problems like duplicate customers, duplicate vendors, um, incorrect addresses, products without orders, broken hierarchies, uh, all of that. And, and, you know, so I think that, that we've been talking for a long time. Um, about information management to our customers. And do you think that their sort of um, their approach or their understanding of, of that message that, that, that we've been saying has changed? It's interesting. Talking to customers at events and other opportunities that we get for, for a number of years, uh, it really was about us trying to educate them as to a lot of the benefits that they would receive from implementing uh, EIM technology at their companies, whether it's around data quality, information management, data movement, all these types of, all these different aspects of the EIM portfolio. And and it's really shifted in the last few years. It's changed to become not that we have to educate them to the to the reason they need to do this, but customers coming to us asking us, hey, we need these technologies. What do you have that can support us? Here's my use case. Here's my business challenge. Here's what my burning platform I want to fix. And so what do you have to offer me that can really address that? And so definitely, definitely that perception of, why these technologies are needed has has shifted um, mm -hmm. from from uh, yeah, my perspective personally and from SAP's viewpoint. Yeah, all customers really will benefit from that solid foundation of uh, enterprise information management solutions. But to your point, Paul, as, as we start to move towards this this digital future, as companies are really upgrading their underlying uh, driving technologies to S4HANA and other such tools, to try to to try to do that without that solid EIM foundation. Well, in the past, as you said, maybe they could kind of get away from it, even though they would receive these significant business benefits just the same. Um, in, in, if they're really trying to bring out uh, the benefits from this uh, digital core, that's just not going to happen without a solid foundation of trusted enterprise information uh, that un underpins everything they're trying to do. Um, any analytics type benefits they're trying to build, any uh, enhanced decision making, any, uh, you know, if you want to venture into areas of you know, machine learning or um, predictive analytics, if you're trying to build that on a, on a, uh, a shoddy foundation of core master data, of core enterprise information, then you're not really going to derive any meaningful value from those efforts on top. Right. In the translytical world, you know, which uh, S4 definitely sits in that in that world, in in the translytical world where you might be using one copy of the data for both uh, uh, transactional and analytic use cases, absolutely, uh, you know, that data has to be right. Um, I mean, I heard, I heard one customer say that, you know, uh, if, if all you're doing is putting your existing systems on SAP HANA and not fixing that underlying data quality, all you're doing is making, um, making business, bad business decisions more quickly. That you right. really need to, really need to make sure that you're driving that underlying quality. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think we agree that in the S4 world, um, you can't you can't say we'll fix it later. You have to get it right up front. Yeah, absolutely. So so then I guess that leads to um, to the next question, really, which is, you know, what should customers do about it? All right. What can customers do about um, data quality with their their S4 implementation? And I I guess um, um, 
I, I guess I would say two things about this. First of all, I guess the the first thing I would say is that simple is not always easy, right? You 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 we we want to get to that place where we're where we have a simpler um, uh, um, structure in our S4. We have that simpler that postmodern ERP, but getting there from our very complicated uh, environment now isn't necessarily going to be easy. So that means that we should plan not maybe for the fastest S4 implementation, but for the best. Yeah, yeah. Ab absolutely, absolutely. And also recognizing and really trying to address in a meaningful fashion what your what your underlying issues and challenges might be. Mm -hmm. Some some companies uh, are at, at different levels in this in this uh, sort of maturity journey around enterprise information solutions. Maybe some companies are at ground zero; they're blissfully unaware they've got any issues whatsoever. Um, other companies, perhaps, aware they have a challenge but not sure exactly of the scope or the nature. Other companies understand the scope and trying to fix those challenges. So depending on where companies are during these various levels, during their uh, information maturity, uh, it's, it's really an evolution that we can take them through and that they should go through uh, to, to address this in a meaningful fashion. Right. We like to say that, that data quality is a journey, not a destination. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so then that being the case, the S4 implementation should be seen as an opportunity. Uh, not just to move to a new platform, but to use that as a trigger for really making sure that um, you have the great data quality information governance initiatives in place in your organization so that you'll actually get the most out of S4. So, uh, um, you know, some of the things that I talk to customers about, and I'm sure you have uh, uh, some ideas of your own here is one is start with what you have. Okay, well ahead of the well ahead of maybe the migration project even, but as soon as you can, start with what you have. Profile your data, catalog your data, discover where you have data quality issues, and start working to fix those now. Don't wait until S4. Um, uh, another absolutely, and sorry, Paul, and just one thing on that point too is that often often companies. Uh, there, there will be people out there that are, that are listening to this that are trying to implement maybe an EIM program at their company and are struggling to get that, that top-level, C-level business buy-in for justifying a business case for this. And so, firstly, hopefully this, this discussion is going to arm you with some of the things you'll need. You have, mm -hmm. um, firstly, a business imperative, that digital transformation, which is something that uh, is really non-negotiable as far as I'm concerned with, with driving this. But also, as you said, Paul, start with what you have. Profile, catalog your data, figure out where the problems might be. That's not such an invasive thing. We're not saying that you have to, on day one, commission an, a, a huge influx of of uh, from a project and from a, a people day's perspective to try to drive this. Maybe start small. Start understanding what you have, figuring out the scope of the problem. That will then lead to other steps along the way and lead to an evolution of a business case to ultimately get you with a full EIM suite and end-to-end -end benefits. Yeah, you know, one of, the, one of the tips that I like to give people is to say, be an advocate. Um, I remember many years ago before I was um, aware of, 
data quality issues. I was working on an implementation, and there was this guy, this one guy, and he would talk your ear off. He would get you in a hall. He would get in every meeting, and he'd talk about the need for addressing data problems. And he, you know, uh, he wouldn't let it go. You know, it got to where you started to avoiding uh, to avoid him, but. You know, eventually people started listening, and eventually people got what he was saying, and he actually won the day, and um, uh, they implemented uh, data quality as part of the implementation. So that's my, you know, my number one tip is is be an advocate. Put data into every implementation discussion, every roadmap meeting, every time you talk about the project, um, bring up the subject of data quality, and, and eventually that message will get through. I, I have a question for you guys along the lines of what you're talking about. We're talking about uh, moving to S4 and the, the different platforms we have. And I think, David, earlier you mentioned we have things like predictive and spatial, these other capabilities. Does data quality have any impact on the expanded uh, foundation capabilities? Or is it really just about the traditional uh, transactional, not the analytic part, or where where do we stand on that? Like, is it going to help me with like other innovative things that I would enhance on top of the core? Where, so, where does it fit? So I, I would start. There's actually there's actually a, a mission statement that we've been kicking around from our team uh, around what we see EIM and what's what we see EIM as being for our customers, and it it, it provides uh, the ability for our customers for having uh, Trusted, trusted information, uh, ready at the point of impact to run and innovate the business. That's the essence of the of the mission statement that we've we've been sort of working on for the last couple of years. And no mention in there of data quality. No mention in there of uh, uh, technology. Really, it's about providing that trusted information at the point of impact to run and innovate the business. And that point of impact is different depending on who you are in the business. For somebody working on the shop floor, that point of impact is making sure that they have the right amount of material to keep their production lines running. For the CEO of the company, it's making sure they've got information at their fingertips so that they can uh, drive decision-making that might be a strategic new uh, direction for the company or a marketing campaign or whatever it might be. So that that it's across everything, the way I see it, Ginger, is not, not just one particular area, not just analytical, not just transactional. It, it, it affects everything. And I would add to that, you know, it's not just about data sitting in your core ERP either. Uh, everybody knows that, you know, customers are being flooded by data, all kinds of data from social data to sensor data to, you know, whether it's marketing lists, uh, uh, whatever it is, there's way more data that needs to be um leveraged within the company, and that means that it needs to be managed, it needs to be governed, it needs to be secured, and it needs to be available where it's needed to the people who need it in the way they need it. it and uh, we had another podcast on spatial and that Matt Zenas did, and it was really good. And there he was talking about how the governance, Paul, you were just mentioning, of how, for example, if we're having a spatial application where we're seeing for example, where these assets are, traffic lights are, and we're making decisions based on that, on how we need governance. He said auditors are starting to come in and say, um, where did you get that data point from? And I guess it would go back to GEO coding that would come in. So, Paul, kind of like you were saying that the governance, I guess, is just going to grow with this over time, right? Is that how you see it? 
That's right, on all aspects. And, you know, one of the things is um, is we actually have tools that cover those governance act uh, uh, the, those governance activities across all data types. Um, this is something that SAP thinks about very seriously, and we you know we build into our products. So yes, that uh, just uh, for instance, an important thing is lineage with data is understanding where that data came from. If I look at a report and I want to know if that number is trusted, I need to know its source and I need to know uh, where it's been and who's used it. Yeah. Yeah. With lineage comes impact analysis, which is really the uh, an actionable step as well. That if there's a change made in one aspect of your your enterprise, what is the impact of that change? What different touch points would would be had by that data you know, way downstream potentially? So so really getting handle on those kind of aspects will be important. So I think so I think if we're thinking about you know what customers who are looking at an S four implementation. Um, what they can do, um, you know, there are a couple aspects to this. Um, you know, the first thing I guess we have to ask, or, or two questions we have to ask is, what can they do and when should they do it? Absolutely. And uh, with that comes to mind uh, an, a, a nice little story or a, a proverb, right? Uh, what, is the, what is the best time to plant a tree? And the answer is 20 years ago. And then follow-up question is, what's the second best time to plant a tree, which is today? And I, I heard that I heard that that uh, little anecdote told at a, uh, at a at a conference, and it resonated quite well with me because it's really about the fact that yeah, absolutely, if you're years out from your best for HANA uh, transition, if you're looking at doing this in the future, then you've got that 20 year span to, to use the tree, tree analogy a little bit, where you can get some things in place today that will ease that transition in the future. If this is something that you're looking at doing very, very soon, well, you know what? Would have been nice to have had this in place a few years ago, but in the absence of a time machine, do what you can to address this today. Start this program today. So um, I would say to any customers imminently making a transition to S4, this is a very, very vital business imperative. For customers that think, yeah, we've got three years, five years, and then we're going to, to make that move, uh, right now is still the time to start addressing these information management data quality concerns so that it will ease your transition when the time comes to move to s Right. Right. So, and I think a good place to start is what we said before. Start with what you have. So that's the first thing, is 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 get your your data catalogs, your metadata catalogs, your data profiling, and your data quality problem identification tasks out of the way. Now, SAP has um, has uh, a great tool for that, a business user friendly tool called Information Steward. Um, and what and Information Steward allows you to do a few things. For one thing. It allows you to assign ownership to the data, which is very important in a data governance initiative, is understanding who owns the data and who has responsibility for it. And so it allows you to assign ownership. It allows you to define your metadata, both in business terms and technical terms. And it allows you to very simply profile that data, even business users. You don't have to be a data scientist. You don't have to be an IT person. Even a business user can profile that data and, and understand where the issues lie. It also allows you to do ongoing data quality monitoring 
with balanced data quality scorecards so that you can see and measure progress you make as you move through your information governance initiatives and you can um, see that quality improve. When you see improvement, that's something that can be shared with the business. When the business sees improvement, and by the way, not just technical improvement, but actually um, hard financial results. It, ca it, it allows you to capture the hard financial results of the improvements you've made. That spurs further investment in your data quality initiatives. And so that's uh, 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 an important tool. And it works very well with our data services tool. Now, data services, if you're not familiar with it, is an industrial strength, market-leading, um, data integration, and data quality uh, solution, okay? So it allows you to do your, your ETL, your ELT, your extract transform load or extract load transform. Uh, very efficient, very powerful, but it also has built-in data quality capabilities so that the problems you discover in Information Steward can be remediated with data services. So we start to build, we start to get that clean data, we start getting business benefits, even though we're still in our legacy systems that haven't actually started the, the move to S4 yet. We're already seeing business benefits and we're already setting ourselves up for a successful um, S4 implementation. Absolutely, and in fact, Information Steward, I like to consider that as really taking the underlying underlying power of data services and putting that in the hands of your business users. It's really important to make sure that, that people that understand the, the, the way this data is being used are the ones that are, are really interacting with that data. And it's not just an IT function where somebody is, is running with a, a spreadsheet of data to correct something or to look at some problem in the back end, but rather somebody who can really in a meaningful fashion understand the, the business value of the elements they're touching. And to continue on that journey, I mean, you have solutions, as we've said, that will allow you to understand where the problem might reside in your or problems might reside in your enterprise, be it pure data quality problems, be it process and business processes that need to be tightened up, locked down, changed, be it a lack of auditability of what's going on. So you identify your problems, you then correct your problems. But if that's all you do, then you've got a pristine set of data right up until the first next day after that process ends, in which case that data quality will start to degrade again over time. Mm -hmm. So that's where the um, mass data governance aspect of uh, SAP's EIM portfolio will come in. Uh, our, our tool that is, is, is our mass data management, mass data governance tool around uh, driving that high level of enforced quality of your uh, uh, master data moving forward. So really the, the walls of the castle to keep that, that, that data protected and clean inside inside the uh, systems as, you've, as you've, you've derived these benefits from cleansing your data, from improving your data, deduplicating your data. Um, MDG will take the learnings that you've had through those first uh, parts of your project and apply those to what you want to have is your governance rules moving forward. So let's just say that through your profiling exercise, you identify a certain field that is seen to be a critical business driver for your company that is only being populated in 70% of a particular type of master, 70% of your material records or your customer records, whatever it might be. Well, addressing the business problem as to why not 100%, what happens to that other 30? Let's make this a required field so that no 
material master record would get created without this field being populated and make sure that the appropriate person in your organization is uh, the one that is entering this information so there's an attention to quality. Um, effectively, what MDG will do is provide that framework, that structure, held together by workflow, but making sure that the right role in your company is touching the right data at the right time in a process that will be governed, controlled, audited, and defined as you need it based on the uh, business needs that you want to address with your uh, master data. So a great solution for ensuring that that master data is kept in an ongoing quality type fashion. Yeah, and I think that I think that something you say audited that that the process is audited is increasingly important in a, a world where data is increasingly regulated. Um, so I, I think that auditing is and and you know one thing I like about master data governance is that it's built in. It's just it uses the inbuilt data structures that you're using for your business processes. It's built in. It's not a completely separate. Uh, uh, tool set. It, it uses uh, the familiar uh, SAP um, uh, structures and interfaces and workflow and the things that our customers are already using. So it's a natural fit. But it's also not just limited to SAP data. I mean, that data can be managed centrally through a governed process, but it can also be um, distributed uh, out to local systems or other non-SAP systems with uh, appropriate mappings, right? And it can also be consolidated from multiple sources. Absolutely. I mean, we deliver the Mass Data Governance product with a lot of alignment to SAP data models and data structures because we know our own data models and data structures with SAP and our customers have those data models and data structures and, and core pieces of master data that are, are central to their businesses and their, their ERP systems that are the, the, the heart of their, of their um, transactional processing. However, we recognize that uh, as much as we would love all of our customers to only have SAP technology within their enterprises, that you will have other systems, other heterogeneous aspects to a landscape, legacy systems, other other different solutions to address different parts of your business. And so our MDG solution aligned with SAP technology, but absolutely designed and expected to be extended to meet the needs of other systems that might be in your landscape. Mm -hmm. And one other point about this that I'd like to make too is that uh, don't just think about MDG as being, okay, well, we'll do all of these steps to prepare our data, to move our data, to get our data ready for S4HANA, and then when we're in the S4HANA world, then we'll implement MDG and lock everything down at that time. Think about what you can do by implementing MDG today. Why not address these data quality, these information management issues in your enterprise with all of the steps that we've been talking about today? Lock it down with MDG in your existing landscape, and then MDG can run on an ECC classic uh, deployment, so on any of the supported databases for ECC. It can run with ECC running on HANA, that sort of faster horse type approach, if, if you remember what I was talking about earlier. And then also uh, S4 HANA is the uh, primary uh, deployment mechanism for MDG today as well. So as customers move through that transition, they can deploy MDG on any one of these uh, 
baseline technologies and provide those data governance and information management benefits today in your uh, pre-S4 world. During your S4 transformation, maybe you have several systems and you're in a process of consolidating and retiring them one by one, so working through a hybrid situation, then finally into a fully S4 world and get the benefits of governing your data through that whole process. Mm-hmm. And, and master data is sort of the is sort of the backbone of the business, really, because uh, all of the transactional data hangs off of it. So that master data is is really is really critical. And of course, one of the good things is if we've started with information steward, um, now we're we're controlling the creation of that master data. There's still going to be data quality problems that creep up, but we'll be proactively monitoring them with um, information steward, and we're just going to have overall um, much better quality. But you know. Ultimately, we're going to have to do a migration to S4. At some point, the data moves into S4. We're going to go through that migration uh, project. You know, SAP um, has built a lot of tools to help customers with the actual migration to S4, like the migration cockpit, which is uh, uh, free to S4 customers and which is constantly being uh, uh, improved, like the rapid data migration content that is um, free download for any customers who own um, SAP data services. And then SAP data services, we talked about it a little bit before but that's going to be the tool that's actually going to do the extract from your legacy systems, the transformation of that into the correct format, and the loading either into uh, S4 itself or into the migration cockpit so that the migration cockpit can then take and do the actual physical data load into um, SAP. Um, we also have a tool, you know, that comes from a partner called Advanced Data Migration by Back Office Associates. And this is a... Um, uh, you know, this is a, a, a thing where customers often say, why would I buy a tool for a data migration? I've got one data migration. I don't need to buy a tool. But the fact is, you know, customers actually do a lot of data migrations. Every time there's a merger, an acquisition, a divestiture, a business transformation initiative, a new system brought online, those always involve data migration. So customers are going to have ongoing data migration projects. They should have data migration as a core competency. And what advanced data migration does, uh, in addition to working with all those other tools that I mentioned before for migration, is that it gives you a um, highly efficient, automated, single pane of glass in context data migration management and execution console so that everybody is working in the same tool, everything is audited, everything is measurable, everything is known. There are no mysteries to the migration. It allows you to load several mock cycles till you know you've got the data you want. It allows for cleansing in line. And most importantly, it allows for, um, I think, reuse of all of those um, uh, data um, of all of those data um, rules uh, that you develop during the migration, you can continue to use those after go live. There's there's one more thing I just want to say is is um, we have a uh, also a tool that's very helpful and and very interesting to talk about for ongoing data quality with address data in S4. That's a cloud-based microservice that we can use. So, um, so you know, Paul, that's one, a, one, one thing I wanted to wanted to add. In, in a way, too. You mentioned the concept of it being a core competency. Yeah, this is something that's that's a journey for all of our customers. Whether it's the migration is that initial event, and 
moving down that EIM path is going to be is going to be a constant journey to customers. And I remember at, at, a, at an event there was a question asked to a panel that said, "What do you see? These were these were customers that were were implementing these solutions. What do you see as data nirvana?" And um, I thought about what my answer to that question would be. And really, I see that not as being that you can sort of you know, put a bow on it, wrap it up, and you're done with your data quality initiative and you never have to worry about it again, but rather it's about putting these types of programs, systems, technologies, rules, discipline in place that will set you up for the types of changes that will continue to come uh, from various forces. You might think you've done your migration to S4HANA and then your company goes out and acquires another company meaning that there's now an acquisition that needs to go through. So there's that company's enterprise information needs to be brought onto your standards. So um, in, in Nirvana for me is making sure that you've set yourself up to have that framework for success so that whenever uh, things are thrown at you in the future, uh, you will be able to adapt. If data quality is a journey, what you're saying is uh, uh, you make the road a superhighway for that car uh, and not a bumpy dirt road. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. So, okay, so so um, basically we understand HANA is a differentiator, that S4 HANA is radically new in the, in the ERP world. And we understand that data quality is significant. And so I guess what I'd say, you know, sort of in, in kind of a concluding way is to say, hey, start early, start as early as you can. Understand your data challenges. Uh, get a handle on those. Start to implement those governance policies, procedures, structures, and technologies that are going to help you make sure that you have a strong foundation not only for S4 but for your digital enterprise. Would you agree? Uh, absolutely, Paul. Absolutely. Okay, so Paul, you've talked about data services and information steward and master data governance, and I think even uh, uh, advanced uh, ADP. Maybe you could tell me what that stands for again. I just forgot. But could you also talk about some of the tools, uh, information management, data quality tools we have actually embedded inside of HANA? I know David mentioned it earlier uh, today. So could you expound on that a little bit, please? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that, Ginger. Yes, so we talk about data services and information steward. Those are, are great tools. But, you know, we also have taken, you know, the 25 years of development we have in those tools, and we've built new tools inside of HANA that are different but leverage that understanding. So they're newer, more modern tools. So we can talk about, for instance, smart data integration, which would be the analog, really, of the data integration capabilities of data services. So that's going to let you, without having any additional hardware, additional middleware in your environment, uh, bring the data into HANA uh, to, um, like I say, with capabilities like federation and real-time replication, change data capture, bulk batch, all of that built in. And it works with our smart data quality solution so that you can also improve that data where it lives in the HANA database. Now, um, we have a tool called Agile Data Preparation, which is a self-service data preparation and data management tool that any end user can pick up in minutes. It's super easy and intuitive to use. If you can use a spreadsheet, you can use this, but it's much faster and easier, and it gives you that push-button data profiling. Um, really fast, wizard-guided uh, uh, data cleansing, um, 
data merging, data set merging. And it's a really valuable tool to, to any data um, living in HANA or any data that can be brought from any source into HANA. And a great way to start early profiling ahead of your um, uh, S4 implementation. All right. Thank you, Paul. Where would customers go if they wanted to know more? Go to sap.com and go to the enterprise information management area if I'm listening and hearing about these tools for the first time. What, what, would, a, what do you guys recommend? That's actually a great place to start. That's okay. the best place to start is just www.sap.com and uh, under products, technologies, you can look for enterprise information management. Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys both for joining. Uh, I really appreciate it. I think this has been a fantastic session, and hopefully we'll see you on another podcast. Thank you, David. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Ginger. Thank